No joke this week, just tons of guests. Itch Manners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. I am so very excited for people to hear this episode. We recorded it yesterday. All of our guests are amazing. I'm going to introduce them in a second on the show. But it was just such a pleasant, just a pleasant conversation. And it was yeah. just so nice. It really was. I love hanging out with people. Thank you for getting such uh, marvelous guests. Yes. Well, don't thank me. Thank them for being incredible. But also do thank me, because I'm great. (laughs) Um, Before we get into the episode, we wanted to go ahead and knock out our thank you notes to our sponsors. So that we don't have to cut it up in there. Right. We don't want to throw off the flow, because the conversation was just great. So, uh, Teresa, who is our first sponsor this week? Well, Schmanners is sponsored in part by Sun Basket, and they deliver delicious meal kits right to your door. It makes healthy cooking easy and convenient for any busy lifestyle. Um, they provide tons of organic produce and clean ingredients and seasonal vegetables and such. There's 18 healthy options to choose from, which include paleo and gluten-free, lean and clean, and vegan. Um, and I think that it's it's a great thing to have, especially during the summer, where we're all trying to get those activities in. Get them in there. I will say, here in the TNT McElroy households, any kind of like meal subscription, it's just so nice to like, you know, because we have that, especially now with BB around, we'll have this conversation all the time like, so what do you want for dinner? What do you want to make? What should we make? What are we going to have? Right. And knowing like, we don't have to like generate up a brand new plan every time. Right. We can just go look at the sun baskets we have and say like, oh, cool. This sounds great. Let's make this. And it's all right there. It's all right there. Um, and you can go to sunbasket.com slash schmanners today and get $35 off your first order again. Paleo, gluten-free, lean and clean, vegan, Mediterranean, family options. There's just something for everyone. So go today to sunbasket.com slash manners for your $35 off. One more time, sunbasket.com slash M-S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. I want to tell you about Quip. Uh, We're also sponsored by Quip. Now, here's the thing. Not too long ago, this was uh, maybe two or three or four um, dentist appointments ago, the person cleaning my teeth was like, do you use an electric toothbrush? And I was like, no. And they were like, you should. And I was like, oh, cool. And I don't think they were throwing shade directly upon me, but rather just like. But they said, maybe you could get up in there a little better. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if electric toothbrushes are for my gums, but probably for my gums, because I used to have bad gum problems. And so I went and I did some pricing out and I looked at them. And listen, 
I was at first very daunted, right? Because looking at the store, electric toothbrushes seemed very pricey. But I would like to tell you now about Quip, because Quip is an electric toothbrush that is a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes and packs premium vibrations for a perfect two-minute clean, because they don't worry about making it look you know, super flashy. They just focus on a good quality electric toothbrush. And I love that two minute business. Oh yeah. It is, it makes it so easy to be able to just switch sides, switch front, switch back, all that stuff when oh, you yeah. feel that, that little uh, reminder pulse. And I don't know about you, but with a manual toothbrush, I have a hard time getting all the way to two minutes. Well, and that's the thing is, so like the really nice thing about Quip is especially for us we travel a lot mm. like an electric toothbrush is so uh, like it feels so weird because it's not like giant giant but you know what i mean compared to like a regular toothbrush and a quip is m- closer to the size of a regular toothbrush than an electric toothbrush so it doesn't take up a lot more space in your bag and it doesn't feel weird packing it in your suitcase and this is another thing I love. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, and that includes free shipping worldwide. So, like, you never end up with, like, old, gross brush heads. It's great. Um, so, Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Check it out. Teresa... We also have a Jumbotron this week. I would like you to read it because there is a part in it I believe is addressed to me. Okay. Check out our show, Is This Adulting? at isthisadultingpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Be happy, stay healthy, and go hug someone. Please join Chris and Stephen each week as they try to break down the stigma on mental illness through comedy, games, and genuine discussion. They prove that we own our illnesses, not the other way around. Teresa, can we borrow Travis for a sec? Travis. Yes? We've been together a long time. You and Magnus have helped inspire us to rush in, even when it's scary. Okay. We couldn't afford a ring, but would you do us the honor of joining us on our show as our guest? Check yes or no, um, or email us, dealer's choice. Tell you what, uh, tweet at me when this comes out. We'll see if we can figure something out. Um, So thank you. Thank you for asking. Lovely. If you would like to uh, get a Jumbotron on there, you can, what is it, MaximumFun.org forward slash Jumbotron. Um, We're going to hop into the episode now. Um, and you know what? We'll go ahead and do our wrap up too, so that we um, don't, you know, so we'll just end the episode on a very pleasant uh, note with all of our guests. But you can follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. You can email us SchmannersCast at gmail.com, especially if you have ideas for episodes. We're always looking for suggestions. Uh, check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. Uh, what else, Teresa? Go on Facebook and join the fan run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. Uh, we also like to thank Brent Brentlefoss Black for our uh, theme music, and that's available as a ringtone where theirs are sold. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art and to Keely Weiss Photography for that banner for the Facebook group. Okay, um, without any further ado, please enjoy uh, our conversation with Mikey Newman, Tybee Diskin, Riley Silverman, and James Arthur. Enjoy. This week, we're so excited. We're joined by just a, a whole panel of people uh, joining us for this episode. First, I want to introduce James Arthur. James is a co-host of Minority Corner, 
as well as a correspondent for Marvel and like a bunch of other things. Hi, James. Hi, good to be here. I wear many hats. I also start doing stand-up comedy, so here comes the really? jokes. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, it's too <laughs> much, James. Leave some for the rest I know, of us. I know. I'm just a greedy, greedy man. You only got one life to live, so you got to live it to the fullest. I guess that is true. <laughs> um, James, is there anything that you want the, the people listening to know about you? Um, I am an out and proud gay man. I uh, just had a great Pride Festival. My birthday was Pride this weekend. So, thank you. That's why I have Tara Reed party girl voice right now. So, excuse that. <laughs> <laughs> you sound great. Uh, oh, thank next, you. <laughs> next, I want to introduce Riley Silverman. Riley uh, is a writer for International Waters. On Maximum Fun 2, a uh, comedian and writer. Hello, Riley. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't have an, I didn't have anything to follow that um, up. But I, yeah, I'm a writer, comedian. <laughs> uh, I write for Sci-Fi Wire's Fangirls page as well. And I am an out and proud uh, transgender and lesbian woman. There we go. Uh, we're also and joined- I'm also a stand-up comic, so um, you know, don't come for me, because I'll come for you. All right. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by Mikey Newman. Uh, Mikey is the host of Movies with Mikey on YouTube and uh, is great. I didn't write down a second. I have two credits for everyone else. And from Mikey, yeah. I just have host my uh, Movies with Mikey. Hi, Mikey. Hello, Travis. I, uh, I, I did work at Gearbox Software on games like Borderlands for 16 years. So that's a good, I think, number two. Uh, I host a show on the internet called Movies of Mikey. Uh, it's about finding the positivity in film and what we can learn and just trying to put joy and care out into the world and kindness. And I, uh, for a couple years have been openly asexual. It was an identity I struggled with for a long time. And now I'm, now I'm happy. Yay! Great. Uh, and our fourth co-host uh, is, well, one of my best friends, uh, but also uh, co-host of Run, a Doctor Who fancast with me, uh, and also uh, works as a writer and producer. Yes, for an app called Yarn. It's Tidy Diskin. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's close. Um, I, I'm a, a producer and uh, kind of a. They say creative executive. That sounds like nothing to me, but I guess that's what I am. Um, and I am also a uh, bisexual woman. That's it. Um, well, we've got like six pages of questions, so let's. Wait, so we right actually have it. managed to get the LGBTQ yeah. in this. Yeah. Is anyone we plus size? That's impressive. I'm plus size, yeah. so I'm the plus. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, and I do, I do want to say, so let me make clear before we get into the questions. I want to make this clear to the people at home. No one here today is meant to represent everyone, right? This is not like we're not answering. We're not going to answer anything with like authority or definitive uh, statements. This is all about like personal experience and personal opinions and advice, you know, and advice is inherently uh, from your own point of view. We just want to have a lot of people on the panel so that we can get a lot of different points of view. So, first question, this is from Kay. How do you ask out someone of the same gender in a way that they won't freak out if they're straight? Oh. I mean, the thing is, when you ask anybody out, there's, like, a degree of people freaking out. like Or, or like, yeah. being unsettled or being a little bit... Not even, not, not, not even in a bad way, but it kind of puts you on your haunches a bit when you're being asked out. So, I think that, like, the trick... My, my thought when I read this is, like... You should probably know a little bit about somebody before you ask them out. And I think, like, have a conversation with them first and, like, 
talk to them about their interests, like find, like probe them a little bit with questions to like find out what their interests are. And a lot of times they'll be able to kind of like reveal to you if they're straight or not. And then, and then, you know, a little bit more if it's comfortable to ask them out anyway. And if you're looking for a great way about how to even like start a conversation with someone that you think is cute, as my therapist told me, just say hi. Hi yeah. is a great opener with all these apps and things like that. People have forgotten like how to talk to each other. And <laughs> I started just saying hi and I was getting laid left and right. So just putting that out there. <laughs> hi. And, and it works in different languages. Hola, bonjour. Like nice. it's a great opener. <laughs> I had a girl walk by me once and go, wow, are you in a girl's? Uh, and that like flattered me cause she like seemed off put by me, which like boosted my ego enough to be like, uh, uh, may- maybe, yeah, what? Uh, and so that worked on me that, uh, she asked me out like a couple weeks later. Yeah. That would work on me for sure. So yeah. Right. If someone's like, if you're like, Hey, hi, wow. Are you, do you like people of my gender? Because I would like yeah. it to be Because I'm part of my gender. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And we could nice Do you like girls? It's nice I know direct. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Uh, this question is from Beth. Asexual dating without feeling shame or brokenness over not wanting sex. Uh, it's hard. That's a really, really hard one. Because um, I, I don't know. There's, there's a wake of broken relationships in my, in my, in my past. Um, it's it's tough. You got to find the right people. You got to build trust. Um, I generally start with friendship and see where it goes from there. Sometimes, you know, relationships are about sharing. So you might do things that that you you elect to go a little further than you normally comfortably would. I don't know. It's 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 something that I've only been really dealing with for a, for a few years. Whereas all the years before that, I was just uncomfortable all the time. So. Really, it's about finding your own comfort and, and for me, being as honest as possible with anyone you're with. And, and hopefully they will, will find comfort with you as well. Honesty really is – this is Teresa. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Uh, honesty really is something that we talk to our, our listeners about all the time where being honest is – probably the most polite thing that you can do for another person. And it's not impolite to state your needs and talk about what you want. Um, it, what I would consider uh, is is not mannerly is to allow yourself to build up animosity because you're not getting what you want. And it would be it's more polite to ask for what you want before all that happens. So I really, I think it's a, a great thing that you mentioned about, you know, communicating and being open and honest about. Agree. Yeah. I actually I feel like agree. that's a good answer for a lot of the questions that you sent us. Cause like, I'm looking mm. at a lot of them last night and I'm going, a lot of this is just about communication and openness. So that that's actually really valid. Yeah. I was going to say like, we got another question from Hank that I think kind of dovetails a little bit into this, which is at what point should you reveal that you're trans to a potential partner? I feel like that is that is such a like hot button issue, and, and it, I actually literally just sat yesterday on Facebook and watched a bunch of cisgender people have a dis- argument about it, as if I wasn't sitting right there. And I, I think that it's really this is a very much a your mileage may vary kind of situation because like it, it's such a tough thing because a lot of times this concept of revealing our identity like is also kind of like implying that we're not who we say we are because like if hank is a trans man i'm guessing or uh from the from the email possibly i could be getting that wrong it could be but like 
So I'll say my, I'll use my own example instead. So I'm a trans woman. For the fact of the matter is my honesty, most people know that I'm trans. Like, it's very surprising when someone doesn't know that I'm trans. But, like, it's weird because if someone is attracted to me as a woman, then, like, I don't... It's weird that I feel like I have to go, oh, by the way, you might debate my womanhood at some point. Like, it's a weird argument. So I don't... I never want to tell someone exactly when to do it because there's such arguments about it. And there's such, like, there can be, like, even violence about it at times. So... I think it's just it's it's one of these ones where it's just got to be like when you are comfortable and when you feel like you can have that honest conversation with your partner, like if it's something that you need to talk about. I mean, obviously, if if you have a physical situation, like if you haven't had like a if you haven't had surgery or if you have had surgery and it might affect you some way, like where it's going to come up naturally in the course of events, it might be good to like give the person a heads up like, hey, this is you're going to know this is going to be a thing. I'd rather tell you now than before we have our pants off, you know? So that might be a way to do it. Like, it's so tough. This is a really tough one. Uh, This is an anonymous question from Gmail. Uh, I haven't felt completely comfortable coming out as a lesbian in my hometown slash high school. So I've spent most of my tween teen years as a closeted gay. And thus I have never kissed anyone or dated or done anything remotely romantic-ish. Now I'm headed off to college in the fall, and I'm planning on being out and proud while there. So I'm excited to finally be able to be in relationships, but is it going to be weird having no experience? Or is that a normal thing for gays that are finally comfortable being out? It seems like most queer people I know were either out in high school or dated people of the opposite gender while in high school. Also, if I get in a situation where I'm going to kiss someone, what's the least awkward way to say, I've never done this before, or do I just (laughs) go for it? I'm very excited about this question. Me too. Um, you go first. I talk I, a lot. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, I didn't come out or I didn't even figure out that I was bi until I was 27. So I spent so much of my life operating as a straight person. Um, I wasn't even closeted. I just didn't know that I liked women. Um, and having to have those conversations as an adult can be sort of weird and feels like going through puberty again because I and even in my most recent um, relationship with women I I was like hey I, I still feel very like vulnerable and sensitive about this because I'm still fairly new to it I haven't dated that many women it, I'm still always like a little hesitant to make moves um, it's a little bit difficult and I also think that there's an inherent um, kind of push and pull with same-sex relationships because there's not like a prescribed who does the stuff step-by-step manual like there is with heterosexual relationships a lot of the time um so i i do think that that works both in your favor and against you because it's like well who does it but also they might do it so you might be off the hook um it might be like hey they're gonna kiss you and you don't have to worry about being like i've never done this before you could just let somebody like take you out and kiss you and it'll be really cool and but i also think like I don't think that there's anything inherently awkward about being like hey i really like you and i really want to kiss you but i have never done this before so like Sorry. I think that's cute. It's it's an honesty thing that we were talking about as well. Sure. And I think Absolutely. like being honest and vulnerable, there's something that is when you put yourself out there, I think it will create more of an intimate interaction as well. And also like people who have started kissing, they're maybe like one or two years ahead of you. Like, you know, you're not that far yeah. behind. Right. Like yeah. I kissed in high school and I just recently got good at it. You know? yeah. <laughs> That's a lifelong yeah. learning practice. And I'm on the same way. I wasn't out back in high school. I don't even think there was a GSA. Um, I went to like a military town and I was just watching Love Simon and I thought like I I 
I'm kind of glad personally that I did not actually come out in high school because being a teen is hard enough. And I felt yeah. like for myself, when I came out in college, it was a huge supportive atmosphere of when I was like, oh, I think I'm bi. Um, and people were so supportive of like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. Go for it. Yeah. And next thing I know, I'm like choreographing the closing finale for the queer fashion show that we did at UC Santa Cruz. Like it was such a supportive <laughs> atmosphere that I would not have had that same experience in high school. So like, I think you're, the fact that you're going in with like, I'm going to be me in college is I think it's a beautiful attitude and you'll hopefully be very supported. I want to, I want to add to that too. I, to just like to feel a little more like relief to yourself, uh, Gmail person. I, you, I, I can guarantee <laughs> you that you will not be the only out, yeah. freshly yes. out queer kid at college. Like you are going to find a smorgasbord <laughs> of different oh, types yeah. of queer people, and you're going to find lots of girls who have not been with women yet or anyone yet either. And you're like, if you if you join like any sort of like campus queer organization, you're probably going to find people who are somewhat on your wavelength or understand what it was like. The nice thing about dating in the queer community is that most of us have been through the process of coming out and finding ourselves, and a lot of us did. Like myself, came I was 27 when I came out as well, and so I came out way later in life and as a result of that i was super closed off in closet and like like did not date a lot when i was younger because i was like afraid of people finding out who i was but the last thing that i want to add to this is that going back to our whole honesty thing like you know you're making this big bold um declaration that i'm going to be out and proud when i go to college and so i would add on top of that make this the time where you start off with just being this honest open person about who you are with dating relationships, like just just build open and honest communication with your partners into the very core of your dating DNA from the beginning. And that way it's like a good attitude that you'll have moving forward. And there's also nothing that says like out and proud. You don't have to like run down the streets trailing <laughs> a rainbow flag being like, I've never kissed a girl. Like there's no. Yeah. But if you want to, that's totally encouraged too. That's also And I will guarantee. don't want to, you don't have to. If you do sure. that. <laughs> Girls will kiss you. Like if you yes. run around, if you run around <laughs> you campus no with a rainbow flag you? yelling, "I've never kissed a girl." I guarantee you, you will get kissed at some point in that run. <laughs> I've oh, never yeah. kissed a girl yet, right? Like, yes. I, but I leave that window open there yeah. at the end of like, oh, oh I see. Oh, just set up well. a little like lemonade stand, but instead of lemonade, just be like, oh, "I've never kisses. kissed a girl." Yeah. <laughs> I I wrote a college makeout list. Of people are like, "Who do you want to make out with?" On my instant messenger, this is how old I am. We had instant away messenger. Yeah, we and, did. Like, the away message it was just a list of like everyone i wanted to make out with and that quarter alone i made out with like 48 people so wow. just be <sighs> open and honest about your college. intentions <laughs> uh this next question this is from emily how do you make it clear you're ace without them thinking you're aromantic what's the difference between too much and too little info in regards to that that was a really hard thing to like figure out because like for a while like I I was going to people um and Amy Falcone uh was a was a friend who really helped me understand who I was um because when I when I was exploring my asexuality I didn't even know that was a thing um I just knew that I destroyed relationships left and right (laughs) and then I was finding about you know arrows and aces and as someone who is not a romantic that is that is something you need to talk about it's it's always going to come down to communication um you got to be honest but it is it is an uphill battle like i'll be honest that being the a at the end of lgbtqia like representation is an issue so i i think all the the open aces out there 
we need to get a little louder. We need to kind of fight for ours. Um, I think the I and the A get left off the end a lot, and that and that can be tough. Sometimes we're just a plus. Well, half a plus. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that we can all help each other in in this community to to be proud and out and you know accept the fact that we have a queer identity and and we deserve to be here. And I think that's that's that those are the steps to getting there. Uh, here's a, this is kind of a universal question for everyone. This Ooh. is from Josh. How do I ask a friend out on a date, but still say friends if it goes poorly? <laughs> I Good love luck, Godspeed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true of all Anything. people. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. You know what, yeah. though? I, I managed to do it. Like, just don't be a jerk. Mm. Like, right. Like, it, yeah. it's awkward asking somebody out, but it's almost always flattering to be asked out. And just, you know, have a date. And then if if, if you actually have a date, and it doesn't go well, or if you ask someone out and they don't, and they reject you, just be cool about it. Like, don't be don't be mean to them if they return you down. If they, if they say, hey, I like you, but I just don't think we had that kind of chemistry. Like, just be with it. And, like, I actually think it's good, too, if you are friends with someone and you do have romantic feelings for them and they reject you. I do think it is smart to give yourself a little bit of space from them for, like, a week or two or whatever, depending on how yeah. close you are. Just to, like, give yourself time to get over your feelings for them so you can see them as your friend again. Like, don't try to rush right back into being besties or whatever if they've rejected you. Like, take time to feel your feelings because your, your feelings are valid, but they're also not responsible for them. So I also mm-hmm. think, you know, we talk about honesty, and I think it's not just honesty with the other person, but also with yourself. Yeah. Like, I, I went on a, a me, date sure. with a friend in college, and, like, the date went fine because we're friends, and so we talked well. But at the end of the night, we kissed, and literally both of us felt <laughs> nothing. And, uh. like, we kissed, and, like, then, like, she kind of looked at me, and she was like, that was weird, right? Like, that wasn't – I felt, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I felt nothing, too. Let's be friends. <laughs> and, like, that was – we both kind of, like, were honest in that moment of, like – Okay, cool. Instead of trying to pretend like it was weird or trying to pretend like, yeah, this could be something. Like, we were both like, no, no, this is fine. And the thing about this situation in particular is that um, the person who kind of goes out on a limb and tries to uh, initiate maybe a more relationship than just friends um, can often feel hurt. Right. But the way that I think is is a good mindset to get out of that is to be like, you deserve a romantic relationship with someone who wants to be in a romantic relationship yes. with you. And there's, I really just don't, I don't subscribe to the idea of unrequited love because <laughs> you deserve better than that. You can yeah. still be friends with this person, but you deserve a, a good romantic relationship with someone who wants to be with you. Yeah. If someone mm-hmm. does not want to be with you, then why would you want to be with them? <clears throat> And I think, I think there's also something about, um, I've been really trying to be a champion of being brave and, and having courage. It can seem a little terrifying to do this, but sometimes we got to put on our brave pants and just go for it. And like, I think we've been saying is respect that the other person has the, uh, they also can say no, and that's also okay. Um, but to heal yourself, like whatever your healing practice is, and then get back on the horse. I think sometimes we get hurt by these things and that creates bitterness to us as we start and we start getting jaded in the whole entire dating scene or whatnot. So it's important to let like, all right, they said no, you move on. You're still beautiful and amazing person yeah. and get your affirmations on. <laughs> and a lot of times we even build up this idealized version of the person that we have feelings oh, for in our head yes. that they're not actually going <laughs> to live up to. So it's easy to also be like, oh, yeah, I guess 
like, it'd be cool if we were together, but at the same time, like, it'll never be as good as what I think it is in my head anyway. And so, like, learn that, like, yeah. that's, they're not into me the same way, so we're never going to have this earth-shattering romance, so we're just get along and it'll be fine. Instead of like, expectation, have appreciation. That's what I've been doing. Yeah, Ooh, I think it, very nice. Also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do like that's a good T-shirt idea. I, I was just gonna say, I I think it's okay to have that that conversation at the beginning and be mindful of each other's feelings and and basically give yourself a parachute to say, you know what, we're hurting each other. Let's not do this because you you should value the friendship more than just tanking the whole thing. So so I think if you if you both believe that. Be mindful of both sets of feelings the entire time and, and be honest when you want to just go back to being friends. That's yeah. also okay. And I will say some of my best friendships are people that I either dated or tried to date and it didn't work out and I'm still friends with to this day. So, I mean, it's very, very possible to stay friends with somebody you didn't date. Um, this is another anonymous question from Gmail. As the parent of one child that identifies as non-binary, non-straight, what the heck can we do as parents to offer advice or even just be there for them in this arena? We have dating experience, sure, but this is a very different situation in a very different world, and we want to be there and help in as many ways as we can. See, I, I, yeah, it is a different situation, a different world, but I feel like that's going to be the case with every generation and, like, every type of thing. Like, even, like, straight courtships are different now than they were when we were children and when our parents were children. So I, I think the trick is to stop thinking of it in those terms and think of it in the first part. If you just want to be there for your kids, then be there for your kids. And if you don't understand something, that's okay. Just listen to them and, like... Give them the agency to express how they feel about stuff. And if the, you will find stuff that you relate to. I I do so much stand-up comedy about my dating life where I talk about being a transgender lesbian. And yet I managed to perform and get laughs from straight people who, you know, might have walked in going, well, I can never relate to this person. But at the end of the day, our dating experiences are all more similar than they are different. It's just a matter of For who sure. our choice of partners are. So I also – I think that, that my I know that with my parents – I wish that they had asked me more questions and I don't mean specific questions, but I think like just if one of them had been like, Hey, how are you feeling about this? Mm -hmm. How does this feel? How, what is difficult? What's new? How do you like listening is important, but I, I also think that like my family kind of waited for me to talk and what I really needed was for someone to be like, Hey, are you okay? Is this difficult? And I would have been like, yes, I'm having a hard time. (laughs) And I, I think just like checking in with like really simple questions, like how do you feel? How are you feeling about this part of you is really can open up the door for them to be like, actually, I'm kind of feeling nervous or actually I'm really excited or whatever it is. And then you can start to relate a little more easily. And I think you're right, right? Like, it's it, we are so much more similar than we are different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also getting comfortable with the uncomfortable because it can, this, especially those initial conversations. Um, and there's no roadmap for even if it's for any sort of a situation, there's no direct roadmap. And like you were saying, you kind of have to like listen and kind of just take it step by step. You might say the wrong thing and it's a, like, we're, and it's the recovery of that. And I think sometimes we get so afraid to not. So we're going to say the wrong thing that we don't say anything, and it just leaves this sort of silence. So the more that we get comfortable with the uncomfortableness, we're able to start to navigate and build our own sort of roadmap through it. Yeah. 
the fact that you're there and you're trying and you're coming at it from a yeah, position of love huge. and compassion is what matters more than the idea of you needing to be an expert on all things gender and sexuality. Because the fact of the matter is, most of us who live in this world don't understand it either. Like, we're constantly, like, surprised by things and constantly, like, judging ourselves. And so... And questioning, like, like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Like, we didn't have a roadmap either, and we found our way. So just, like, yeah, like she said, just ask questions, listen, and just be there. And I will say, as a, as a parent, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from uh, my friend was, you're not going to 100% this. You're just not. <laughs> like, yeah. you're not going to be – you're going to, like – because that's the thing is, like, I wanted to be the perfect parent, right? And that's just not how you learn to do it. You learn by – checking in like Tybee was saying like checking in saying how are you doing how yeah. is this you know and that's where you figure out what you're doing wrong <laughs> yeah and your kid's not an alien you know you, you've, you've known your kids their whole life so you might not understand this particular part of them but it's just a part of the overall person they are and you can still talk to them and like understand them and yeah get them this question is from Nim. How do you figure out if you're interested in pursuing someone when you're kind of a slow burner? It takes you a while to figure out if you like them, like them. How do you figure out if there's potential or if you're just feeling friendship feelings? Ooh, y'all, I got no idea. I'm the fastest of all time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it. I was like, I got to check out from this question. Like, I am like hot and heavy fast, like just explosion burn. So who wants to take this one? I don't know what a slow burn is. Like, there's no so surprise. Much. I secretly like my best friend. <laughs> I, I think that a lot of times we have a hard, we, we as people especially tend to think of everything as like one big scary thing that has to be dealt with in one foul swoop. And <laughs> sure. I don't think you have to do that. I think that it's okay to, to take a while to figure it out and it's okay to parse out your feelings like don't leave a person dangling if they're if they're asking you about like how do you feel about me like be honest like it goes back to that thing about being honest with yourself being honest with your feelings like i i tend to be fast too and i like it when things are quick because i like there not to be ambiguity and i hate like questioning like wait is she flirting <laughs> with me is she not flirting with me i don't know what's happening but i think as long as you're talking about it and, and communicating like, hey, I'm not sure how I feel about you, but I think there might be something more here. And would you be willing to kind of explore that with me? Or how do you and like and just go step by step? Like, you don't have to be like, are we going to be best friends? Or are we going to be a couple? You mm. can be like, hey, can I go on one date with this person and see how it feels? Can I go on a second date with this person? Can I can I hold this person's hand or whatever, whatever things you want to be doing? You can do it step by step. You don't have to do it as as everything all at once. And, and at honestly, the end- Oh, oh sorry. yeah. Just no, yeah. end of the day, if you're if you're on the other side of that, and one of your friends is like, "Hey, I want to go on a date." I mean, regardless of who they are, like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you go on a date and have a good time? And there, I mean, to me, it's like we should all be more understanding and and lean a, a little more into that if if we want to support our friends and whatever else. I like. There's, we're all figuring ourselves out like day by day, and I think that's cool. Like be adventurous why not <laughs> yeah and honestly i think like the slow burn like i wish i had more of that patience for that slow burn we're such the microwave generation where it's like we want something now um <clears throat> and it has the opportunity to sort of develop there's many people that i've dated where it's like oh no we should have just been friends like and sometimes like you know i i like i don't well in my world sometimes in the, in the gay world sometimes uh we 
you have that initial attraction where you just kind of want to explore each other's bodies like once or twice and then that's it like it doesn't mean that we need to like continue to date forever and i think there's a fluidity in friendships and relationships that can sort of be there where we don't necessarily have to define everything as this is what it is um some more more fluidity perhaps yeah yeah, slow this is the thing, man. It's slow flow. Ever to get to be able to tell the difference between, especially like in high school and college, where like I'd meet a woman and and be like, oh, I'm into them, and now now 34 year old Travis is like, no, you thought they were funny and you appreciated them as friends. I'm like I, I couldn't <laughs> tell the it. difference yeah. between like I enjoy spending time with this person and I think that they are incredibly interesting and cool versus a crush on them. Like yeah. I just couldn't separate those two things until I was like. 25 like i started dating Teresa and stopped being interested in other women and i was like oh wait these are great friends <laughs> yeah i i i think for me what what's interesting from the ace perspective was sort of finding out what that means like at first you know i was ace and i talked to women and, and go to that road and then i found actually kissing boys is pretty good as well and then i was like actually kissing everyone is really good and i was like am i pan ace is that a thing um <laughs> I mean, and is it is amazing so kissing, kissing is, is great kissing it's all fantastic. people is great uh, <laughs> i think that when i figured out that i was bisexual it actually helped me understand what friendship was better because it was like well now if everyone if everyone is a, is is a possibility how do i know the difference and i found that i uh, treasure friendship in a different way than I used to, that I find it equally important to a romantic relationship, just a different kind of relationship. And it helped me, like, even my friends that I was, like, a little bit attracted to, I was like, but I don't want to be romantic with them. Like, I just, like, admire them and respect them. I'm like, they're kind of sexy, you know? My friends are cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I, I was, I've been able to, to compartmentalize those two things a little better. Like, that line is clearer to me. Uh, because it had to be, because otherwise it was like, well, how do I, <laughs> yeah, e- literally everyone, everyone. Uh, so now it's like, oh no, but those, I can, I, I treasure friendships so much. And it also makes it easier regarding like other questions about like, if you try and date your friend and it turns out you're just friends, it doesn't have to be disappointing because then it's like, oh, but you're so important to me in a different way. And I, I don't want you to think that this is a step back or you're less than, or like, you're not good enough to be my boyfriend or girlfriend. It's like, you are wonderful and i need you to be my friend because you're so wonderful and also like sometimes it's okay and fine to just have a crush on someone and not pursue it Mm, like crushes can just be fun and i i've had definitely have had women that i've had crushes on that when i thought about logic i don't think that we probably would click as a as a couple but it's kind of just fun to have that week or so where you're like oh i'm thinking about her and like it's kind of cute and then you know, you can move on and get over that and then preserve your friendship instead of like thinking like, well, I have a crush. So now I must possess this person. Like (laughs) Uh, this question is from Paula. How do you prepare for that first dinner with the family of your significant other? Meditation, center yourself, a lot of Oprah. I don't know. (laughs) I just love that really great universal reaction. I think we all just had of like, I don't know. (laughs) I've I've actually never been introduced to a partner's parents before, and I'm like dreading it happening. Like, yeah, you're you're not missing out on anything. Like, I don't know. It's (laughs) they're rare. I don't know. My experience, they've rarely been pleasant. Uh, Someone's mom or dad has always got some sort of cray, and I think. Also, especially because I think, like, because we're LGBTQIA, that 
you know, there's their, their parents are also possibly dealing with other issues. And yeah. so, and so there's that layered onto it as well. And so for me as well, too, like, um, because if I, I'm black and I'm dating, like, when I've dated like a white guy or something, there's just a lot of layers and issues. And so I think the best thing that you can do is self care for yourself. Love yourself. Know that you are date, you are trying to date your partner, that you are dating your partner. Your partner loves you. You don't have to put on a show for anybody. Be your honest and truthful self. And it's them. It's, it's them, not you. So you just do you. You do you, Bo. Do you and um, put on a little bit of charm, but don't like overdo it because they'll see through it. I agree. Uh, I the- definitely I'm I'm currently dating someone who's from sort of a conservative family Oof. and I have like the tiniest bit of anxiety. But I also I grew up in the South as a as a Jewish woman. And like, even though I didn't know I was queer, I've been queer, I stay queer. So like I've had that my whole life. So that's kind of the devil I know. You know, and so like I don't feel that much fear going into a conservative family, but I can see how somebody who is not white or not cisgender would, or like is is more visibly queer than I am. Um, even though I have a kind of a shaved head, I feel like that probably is a lot. There's a lot more anxiety there that I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do with. So like, yeah, yeah I think that seems like self care for sure. Yeah, it's a but real it seems, it's a real point of dread for me sometimes. So it, it so seems sorry. like you have kind of an in there because I something just popped into my head. Finding those connecting dots because, like you said, we're, we're there's a lot of universalities between us as human beings because we are. So you can just sort of find those sort of commonalities and because they're also probably going through their crazy things in their head too. Because parents yeah. are also they're humans going through crazy things as well, and so they're also trying to adjust of like trying to love their child and then this person, but they want what's best for them. So they're going through their own thing. Things as well. So if you can find those sort of commonalities, doing simple things. Oh, polite kindness and decency will get you so far. Please and thank you. Help out with the dishes. Yes. Show up with a little gift, like those little things. Mm. Like you can w- kill them with kindness, win them over with kindness. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is something that also you can really talk to your partner about um, and have a game plan. Have have something in mind so that they can. Maybe run interference if needed or, you know, do more, uh, a little more work on that, on their part is really going to help everybody have a better time. I mean, this is a thing. It is one of the wonderful things about having a partner, not to brag about the fact that I'm married to Teresa, uh, but (laughs) going into every social situation, like we talk about it in the car before we get out of the car of like, Okay, if this starts to happen, I'm going to say, oh, I forgot the dishes or whatever, and then we're going to leave. <laughs> like Having yeah. that kind of coded discussion is one of the things that puts me at ease in social situations now all the time, going to parties actually, or whatever. We had that conversation just recently about meeting my current partner's family. Is I'm pretty like outspoken about... Um, feminism and and intersectional feminism specifically and like I don't always I'm not always the best at it but I am always talking about it and trying to do my best and um he was a little worried that like his brother and I might might butt heads and I was like okay what would you how would you like me to handle it if he says something that is off-putting to me 
do you feel comfortable with me talking to him about it? Would you rather handle it yourself and me back off? Like what feels right to you? Because if this is the, like down the road, I'm, I don't, I'm happy to speak for myself and happy to speak up or stand up for something that I believe in. But in, but in these situations, like I've grown up around conservative people and I know that sometimes like it's easier hearing it from like somebody who you view as on your team than to just like butt heads and it gets more done that way. So I like, I didn't feel weird about him being like, I don't know how to deal with this. This might go poorly. And I was just like, yeah, just tell me what you want. Tell me what makes you comfortable because I, I'm not going to ignore it, but I do want to know what the best way you think is to handle. Cause you know, him better than I do. So I think, yeah, I think talking about stuff beforehand is such a, a solid way to do it. Cause you're supposed to be a team. You're a, it's your teammate. Uh, this question is from cookie cat. Where I live, most queer communities, most queer <laughs> community, uh, most queer communities, at least the ones of people around my age, twenty, are usually very centered around parties, alcohol, and dancing. How can I get to know more queer people if I'm not really into partying hard as often? Oh boy, that was actually that on that uh, Hannah Gadsby special. It's on Netflix. She has a comment about where do the quiet gays go, and I'm like, oh my god, that is so <laughs> dude, relatable. I'm still trying to find them. Ah. oh, I know where they go. Uh, you're jumping in there because I, I, I was in this experience before because um, I was like I'm tired of just going to the bars to meet you know people within my community and going out um, you're, hopefully your town has a local center um, going to the local yeah. LGBTQIA center um, it's people you'll get being involved in the community people who want to do things there's so many youth outreach programs I volunteer yeah. right now in New York at an LGBT youth homeless shelter we serve dinner on Sunday nights um, LGBT, we make up 40% of the youth the 40% of the youth homeless population. Um, And so you start connecting with other people outside of the bars as well. That's what I would say. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I was gonna say volunteering seems to be a really good way to meet like more casual, like quiet queers. And also, I think that even looking on like meetup and stuff like that, there's a lot of, depending on where you are in the country, there are a lot of like meetup groups that are specifically for like a thing. Like, like I know that in LA there was one where it was like, there was like the cultured femme society and like it was like a way Mm. of like, okay, so here's people who are like me and they're going to be meeting at like this event, like a a movie night or something as opposed to we're all going to go to this dance club bar. Cause I'm 36. I ain't, I ain't got energy for that kind of stuff anymore. I, I spend my time in clubs already doing comedy. I don't want to be hanging out in bars all the time. So Ah. yeah. I also find that I don't always feel comfortable in like dedicated queer spaces. Um, I think, uh, I won't speak for like other bisexual people, but I know that I sometimes don't feel super welcome, um, mm. because I'm like straight passing and I currently have a, an opposite sex partner. So it's like, it can be a little daunting because it's sort of like, what are you doing here? Um, but I, one place I do feel welcome is, for instance, LA, um, at the Moonlight Rollerway, they have rainbow nights on Wednesday nights. Yeah. So like, they go roller skating and like, it's yes. not super loud. It's not, it's not wild. Oh, it's like, fun. everyone comes out in like cute outfits with what? great hair and skates for a while. And, and they, they don't even serve, they and, don't like, serve alcohol. So it's like, you're not going to no. have a bunch of drunk people. Exactly. That and sounds that, divine. Really like. It's great. Yeah, yes. I would like to go, please. Yeah. I've like only been once. Too. It was fantastic. It's fun. There's, There's like some that, real good outfits. I will Teresa, if you and Travis come out to LA, let me know, and I'll take you on a Wednesday night to the rollerway. <laughs> I'm in. They have the they have the Church of Eight Wheels in San Francisco, which is something kind of similar. Um, oh my god! So, roller skating, and it's actually roller in an skating. abandoned church. It's which is kind of cool. Uh, yeah, Whoa. I know Church of Eight Wheels. I have to go to that. <laughs> 
Um, like, so apparently what, we, what we've learned is roller, is roller skate. Like, so roller go, skating. go to roller that's derby, go to, yeah. That's where we are. We're, we're at the roller skating rings. Oh, and yeah. also if there's like, if there's a, if the, if there's not a community or a space, create it. Cause there's yeah. probably people yeah. who are out yes. there looking for it. And sometimes it's like, if, if you want it and it's not there, there's other people who are also just waiting for someone to start it. Uh, this question is from Ebony. How do you go about dating someone who is not out of the closet? Ugh, you don't. <laughs> I, I don't recommend it. It, <laughs> yeah, it, will, it will mess up your self-esteem. Like, I mean, yeah. I, there, there's a level of compassion, and it's tough because, like, we've all been there. But it ends up being something where you get pulled into the closet with them again, and it can be really tough. And I, 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 I've done it a couple times, and I don't think I'll ever do it again because it was – I end up being just – it was almost just – it was so painful after a while. I think that's one of those things where you have to – you're in charge of you. Yeah. And if it's something that you think that you can handle because that person is like, I am in the closet, but I am, I am working towards like being comfortable and I think this would help me. And like you believe them and you trust that and you want to try that. That is up to you. But I say be ready to pull your shoe. Yeah. yeah. And I guess don't also, be afraid. It's, it's I guess hard it to depends. have a partner. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. You go. You're in it. You're in it. I, I was going to say, say. It's, 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 I agree with you on that because it can be, you might think like ahead of time, like, oh, I really like this person and they make me feel good about myself. But there is like over time that sense of like them being ashamed of what you have together can like really eat away at yeah. you. So I was just going to, I was just adding to her point about like, yeah, like be very aware of your feelings. And yeah. it kind of it kind of depends where they are too. If they're in the space of like, oh, I'm never going to come out to my parents, and that's definitely to me like a huge like red flag of like this is probably not the best yeah. healthiest relationship for you. But it also like if they're if you're if you're in college or something, I can also understand. I didn't come out till like I was in graduate school, so there's a little bit of a leeway depending on like how old you are too. But I think once you start getting into like you're an adult and you're out and you have a yeah. job and a life like you know it, it's 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 time to again be brave and, and have that courage um because it's it's one of those things that like and it's hard because like when you're in that new relationship energy your brain tells you like oh no it's okay i love them and it's gonna be fine and you're you're kind of like on drugs you're on this love drug that does not have you thinking properly it's almost like people who are like oh i can fix them or i can change them no like that's it's a it's it's a danger zone yeah. <laughs> if someone gives you a clear indication that they have no in, they have no intention of changing, believe them. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Ooh. Like, stay away from that. that but if good. someone's in like, general, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if someone is like, I, I am trying this, and I'm just yes. like, I'm just working through it a little slowly. Please be patient with me. Like, yes, I think that that's a fair time to be like, okay. And if they're like, uh, if you can sense them, like it's starting to hurt you at the first sign of it starting to cause you pain, bolt. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. hard enough for, for them to compassion for yourself. Because it's yes. hard enough for us to go through our own journey and have the bravery to come out and 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 not to because it's almost they'll pull you back into that closet. You're like I mm-hmm. I came out. I'm not going back there. I yeah. It, it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah just that's gonna... true. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you should just stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I think your I think your point is valid. Like if someone is actively trying to get themselves out, then then yeah. But yeah, just be very aware of how you feel about it the entire time and check in with yourself constantly. Any any relationship that starts with holding on to a secret is essentially mm. turning on a time bomb that Ooh, I, yeah. I, I having been in many situations where that time bomb explodes uh it's just it's not a gr- a very healthy way I think to start a relationship when it's so core to your identity like that that's all I was going to say I, I want to add one more thing on this, too, that I feel like a lot of times when you're dating someone who is working through an issue, whether it's being in the closet or something else, I just feel like for me, in my experience, a lot of psychologically, a lot of things that happen psychologically are that 
once they've worked through that issue, you kind of get pushed aside with that issue. So, like, if you're dating someone who's, like, deeply in the closet, um, and then, like, you help them come out of the closet, a lot of times, like, once they're out, they're kind of done with you, which is unfortunate. So, yeah, that's, again, be very careful of how you don't get hurt in this situation. Uh, This question is from Taryn. When you take someone of the same gender on a date, should you pay for their meal like a man would on a hetero date? I think that's outdated, Taryn, but I understand the question. Or should you split the check because F heteronormative dating traditions? I think you should be ready if you ask someone out to pay for dinner. Yeah. Yes. If you are the person who asked them out, you should be ready to pay. And if they ask to split it, that's fine. If you... If you don't, like, if you're, if you want to go full tilt and you're like, I asked you out, this is the experience I wanted to provide for you, then be ready to pay. And that's who should pay for dinner. That's the exact <laughs> advice that we gave on, uh, on a different dating episode. We yeah. talked about on first dates, um, who should pay for dinner. And I, I mean, it seems that there's, there's a lot of, um, of kind of anxiety that goes on over the money. Um, especially if it's, uh, if, uh, one person like asks another person and that's the thing, just like Tybee said, um, if you ask, you should be prepared to take care of all the details of that experience. Yeah. And, and that's true. I was just having this conversation with my dad, actually, of friends mm. too, of like, I like to pay for dinner, but I think that that's a lot like less surprising to a friend if you say I would like to take you to dinner as opposed to like just going to dinner with someone at the end you say oh like my treat it's on me right and then they're like what uh oh if you just say like I yeah my treat let me take you to dinner something like that that makes it clear what's going on yeah Mm -hmm. it comes back to the whole thing about honesty and openness like you just like let's have instead of like instead of waiting till the the check comes and glaring at each other just like have a conversation (laughs) about it be open about it my my answers might be way different and controversial so I'm just gonna throw it out here I like (laughs) this is one of my favorite questions I like for me it's like oh god I'm embarrassed I'm just gonna be honest here and you can edit this out but I like for me it's like what if it's a guy and he's older and he makes more money I'm like I think you should pay for this dinner here because he's older and he makes more money do Um, you like to be a kept man is that what's happening yes let me be the arm candy I am just (laughs) waiting to be a trophy husband so I can be the real husband house husbands of New York Um, also too there's other thing too is that what I also like that happens it's sort of like I kind of like it when either if I do pay if I pay then it's sort of oh here's what happens what I usually do and this is like my trick if I'm really into them and I want there to be a second date I'll say Maybe this is manipulative, but this is how I roll. I'll be like, I'll get this one and you get the next one. You know? So it's like inferring that there's going to be another one. And that's also like, if they do that, then I know like, ooh, there's got to be a second date or I'll get the movie. Because I kind of like that sort of, that's for me that I really know that I like the person when it's a sort of shared economy sort of thing that's happening. I like like, that too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, see, this is the, okay. Thank you, James, for saying that. Uh, the whole thing, because the thing about this question, and I think in general, when you discuss any kind of dating and you talk about like traditionally or like normally or anything like mm. that, I actually think that that is what creates a lot of tension. This idea yeah. of this is what the normal thing is or this is what's supposed to happen, because without actually discussing it and without actually knowing yourself what you want, like then you're worried about perceived expectation versus actual expectation. And that can really mess with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to just saying, 
what's going to happen? What's the plan? So if we go out to eat, do you want me to play play music the movie? Like that feels it's, so forward, but yeah. it's so much more relaxing to just know what's going to happen. Yeah. I true. also think it's it's interesting if you are a person who is le- maybe less traditional. I'm doing air quotes audience. Um <laughs> oh, and if you're and you're dating someone who is more traditional, because I like, for instance, we have the conversation all the time where I'll go, "You want to get this, don't you?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> he likes to, he like likes to provide that because especially sure. if someone's like love language is service, providing mm, a service, true. then that may be something that is really important to them to get to do that, and it might like mess with your pride too if you're somebody who like I just started making a little more money and like I kind of am excited about taking someone to dinner for the first time ever. Like I've been, I was struggling for so long that it excites me to be like I'm gonna take us out. Yeah. And I can do this. And so if, if he's like, I want to pay, it's sort of like, well, I want to pay, damn it. But I know that it's more important to him than it is to me. So I will, I'll let him. And then like every once in a while I'll go, I would like to get this. And he's like, okay. And he backs off. So like, I think one thing that helps me a lot, and this maybe not, isn't helpful so much for this situation if you're starting something, but as you get into something is using a one to 10 scale. And saying, like, how important is this to you on a scale from 1 to 10? And then Ooh. someone says, like, uh, it's an 8. And you're like, oh, it's only a 6 for me. So you you do it. Or you Kills get a die on, you yeah. Win. Oh, it's and it's like, then, you, then there's no later on, like, this was really important to me and I needed you to be at this event. Or I needed you to let me do this and you didn't. And it's like, well, I didn't know that it was that important to you. It eliminates that down the road problem and just addresses the problem right there. Which is cool. That's brilliant. Like that. How could I? How <laughs> did I just you. discover that scale? I mean, that's so helpful. Whoa! Wait, James, like, is this like the you... first time you've heard of a one to ten scale? <laughs> <laughs> used in that sort of a scenario, like I've used it for yeah. silly things of like how good yeah. I look in this outfit on a scale of one to ten, but not like a real thing. Yeah, I think most of us don't think about busting like... out statistics in our on our dating life. <laughs> to be fair, which but we you'd should. Be, you'd be surprised at like how how often you run into like I really want like. We have this meeting or this this dinner scheduled with my best friend, and this thing popped up yes. for you. Say, Ooh. and then like you you have this chance to go do this thing, and I'm like, it's and it's like a nine important that we go to this dinner. I understand that this thing is important to you, but like this is a big deal to me. And then it's like, okay, well then then you win this time. Or if they're like, I I love you, I I know that you need me to meet this person, but like I this chance this opportunity will not come around again. It's a ten. Then it's like, okay. One of the most ridiculous things I think that is kind of drilled into people's heads, both about dating, but like relationships in general, is like, if it's meant to be, they'll know. (laughs) And one, (laughs) that's really bad for consent. That idea of like, you'll just know when to kiss them. You'll just know when, no. (laughs) But secondly, like, that's not actually how it works in real life because like, People don't like wear everything necessarily on their on like on their sleeve that you know that much, and so that idea of like no, you know what actually rules is like actually knowing by asking, yeah. <laughs> like that's when it's really <laughs> great. Because if anything, most people are probably the opposite. Most people actually are really guarded because they've had trauma and they've been hurt, so they kind of keep their cards closer to their chest. So well, all that does is, like, by asking these sort of questions, what I like is it's creating, it's getting vulnerable, it's seeing what's important, and it's getting you to be honest, what's what's important to you, and your partner being able to understand that as well, so you can have that shared understanding. Um. So we're going to do one more question, but Tybee's got to go. Yeah, I got to go. Really? So, um, Bye. Thank you so much, you guys. It was nice Bye. to see you. Tidy, plug so away nice before you go. Plug, plug, plug. Oh. 
Uh, I don't have we have we we do a show. It's called Run, a Doctor Who fan cast. And also uh I develop content for an app called Yarn, which is why I'm in a conference room that's very echoey. Uh <laughs> where I am uh actually trying to get more LGBT plus stories into the app. So um including the people here and the audience, please reach out to me because I want to get more uh varying voices, diverse Ooh. voices. Um, including disabled voices. Um, that's something that we don't really have. So if you want to write and haven't gotten the chance and you're new to it or you just like want a new platform, you want to test something out, um, we have kind of an interesting mobile platform um, and I want new writers. So please reach out to me. Uh, you can tweet me at hello Wren. Um, you can DM me. You can email me, uh, tybee.diskin at gmail.com. And um, it was so lovely meeting all of you. Thank you so much. Travis and Teresa, I love you very much. Love you too. Bye. I'll talk to you later. I'll Dropbox my audio. Bye. Bye. Um, So one more question. Ready to go. This is one of my favorite things about doing advice, both on any of my shows, is reading people's usernames. Because most of the time, people have, like, a fun username and then, like, a name. But this, both names are the same. So this question is from Queen Death. And Queen Death asks... How do I stop myself from vomiting emotional trauma as a way to preemptively let people decide whether I'm worth the trouble of loving? Woof. Okay. Uh, I just wanted, I want to give a hug. That's You're worth loving. You, yeah, You're that's absolutely exactly. worth loving. I'm going to throw something okay. out. Um, I think, oh, okay, yeah, go. No, go ahead. You got something. Go for okay. it. Okay. Um, it sounds, and I, I say this with all, I think the most important, I, here's my thing. I, first of all, I think everyone should be in therapy. If you've not gone in therapy, you should. I think that's going to help with sort of that self-love, loving thing. You're saying a lot of great things, and I think a therapist would be able to help you sort of unpack more of that and build up that sort of um, resiliency towards self-sabotaging, because you are worth loving. And so what's helpful is that you realize that that's a pattern, and so so now you can start to sort of work uh, for developments for that. Um, I personally don't even date people if they've not gone in there, gone into therapy or done sort of, some sort of something. I'm sort of, or maybe it doesn't have to be therapy. It was just like, especially for those of us in the community, we've experienced a lot of trauma and hurt. There's a very small fraction of us that have had those perfect parents and that perfect GSA experience that sometimes is on TV and it's really cute on the Disney channel that they're doing it, but that's not everyone's experience. Um, and so I think the big thing that everybody's already has already said is that you are worth loving um and um Brene Brown has a good amazing book that I think you should definitely read um it's called Daring Greatly and she actually talks about um this exact thing sometimes we can word vomit too much as a way of 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 pushing people away where we think we're trying to be intimate with people but we're actually throwing out all of our stuff and that not everyone is worthy of all of your you don't have to give everything away right as you're getting to mm-hmm. know people they can learn certain things about you you don't have to share all of your hurtful traumatic stories all at once because not everyone is actually worthy and deserving of that right away. So, you know, um, you don't give pearls to swine. I hate that statement because pigs are really smart. But um, you don't have to give everything away. Well, and not only that, but also, like, I could it, not only uh, do you not need to do it, do not give it, but it also could be very psychologically harming to you because you could do that and feel that you'll push them away because of who you are. When actually it is them not being able to accept who you are that has pushed them away. And it has nothing to do with anything about you, but rather them. But Mm -hmm. if you are are saying all this stuff, and clearly, you know, if you're worried about not being worth loving, which of course you are, 
Like that is a, it could be a, a vicious cycle for you mm-hmm. of like, I knew it. And it's like, no, it's not yeah. actually about you. Well, it could also be a self-fulfilling prophecy where yeah. like you're, you're coming from, again, I, I also want to reiterate Queen Death, you are worthy of loving. Even if nothing else, the fact that your name is Queen Death, like let's just, you're yeah, worth loving. You're but boss. the, but the, yeah, the, if you like say like, okay, here's all the reasons why you won't want to date me, like that <laughs> kind of reads to the other person as like, why does this person not really want me to want to date them? And yeah. like, like, like James was saying too about the whole idea of just like, um, just like accepting that you're worth it. And we're all, all queer people, I feel like of a generation are at least in some tiny way a little bit broken by the experience That's that true. we've had to deal. And we're all there and we're all with you mm-hmm. and we've all got a little bit of trauma and it's okay. But I, I also think that front loading your trauma, like we said, is a a method of pushing someone away and like keeping your and it, it makes you live yourself in this cycle of no one loves me because no one loves me. And you basically just keep building this up. Mm-hmm. There is something to be said about letting a partner in slowly because you're building trust with them. And if you're just telling everybody everything that's like that's hurting you in the very beginning, you're not ever giving them the ability to feel like they've earned your trust. And so I think that like you you tell them the things that they you think they like are relevant to starting a relationship, but then you can hold back on some stuff until it's really more relevant and really more um, like in the spirits of where your relationship has gone. Like there was definitely been moments with partners that I've been dating where in the beginning we may not have talked about stuff, but then like say a month in, like they might reveal this aspect of them or it might come up organically. And I, I actually go, Oh wow. I, I like that this person feels safe enough with me to give me this information and or like let me understand this like they've they've let me into them a little bit more and i think if you just go like here's all the things don't hate me right in the very mm-hmm. beginning you're denying yourself the ability to trust someone and you're also denying that person the ability to earn that trust yeah yeah i th- i think it it's hard to love ourselves sometimes and be honest like i'm a 36 year old disabled asexual with multiple sclerosis that's a hard thing to be honest mm-hmm. with because you need a lot of help and you need to be honest with the people around you and you need to finally, you know, like as, as your body is dying, like be, be honest with the people around you and, and able to surround yourself with people that want to help you. Cause that, then that's not just necessarily romantic. That's just good mental health advice. Mm-hmm. Like we need to be supported by the people that want to support us. And that starts with us. We got to be honest yeah. and we got to love ourselves about who we are. And that's the most important thing to me. And I want to piggyback off that to quote RuPaul, if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> and I think for me, I remember reading this question, the most key thing that stood out to me, it was not so much about the other person, it was about that self-worth. Um, and it really does start with, with, with yourself. Something that I have found that has been helpful for tools for building self-worth, I come from the Oprah school of woo-woo. Um, and things like affirmations, it sounds hokey, but they're so helpful, like writing down certain affirmations that you want to work on. I am beautiful. I am worthy. I am deserving. Looking into the mirror. And sometimes there's mornings where I do not feel like I am looking so cute, but I will be like, damn, boy, you looking good today. And like (laughs) those things and looking at yourself straight in the eye. Um, I remember when I had had my heart ripped out and I was feeling so unlovable. 
I would look at myself in the mirror and tell myself, I love you. And it was really hard at first, but I started, and that was telling that I couldn't look at myself and say that I love you. So I had to do that work. And so just sort of that self, like just having, my goal now is to have the most intense love affair with myself as possible, starting there, because then it will emanate uh, outside of there. Having those the, the positive self-talk inside of your, your, yourself in your head, saying those positive things, stopping those negative um, talks inside of your head, stopping those, just loving yourself so fully and intently. And then with someone who rejects you because you shared something personal with you, with them, again, like Travis was saying, has nothing to do with you, everything to do with them. All right, then we move on. It'll hurt a little bit, but you'll have the resiliency and love for yourself that you're going to be able to push forward. And let me tell you, as someone who loves themselves very, very much, it's great. It's terrific. Like, oh, like, I sometimes go to stare at myself in the mirror for hours. You're supposed to be working. What is it you're doing here down here in your office? Yeah, I think that like a lot of times, I, I, as someone who has a lot, like being trans, for example, is a thing that I find, for example, when, when I try to date on dating apps, it can be a huge problem for me because it's right there on the app and it makes it seem like it's a bigger deal than it is. But when I meet people in real life and they get to know me, then they don't even think anything of it because it's, it's just a part of who I am as a person. So I feel like if you're starting to date someone and you're getting to know them and you have this like emotional trauma or you have this history, if the very first thing you say to them when you first meet them is, here's all of my mess, that's all they're going to mm. see you as. Whereas if they get to know you as the beautiful worthy of love person that you are queen death they're going to get to know you and then like a month like a, a certain point in they're going to go i don't care about that i love you you know so that's because i've definitely dated people who i think when we were dating they they like gave me information about them that they thought was going to push me away but i'm like that doesn't matter like i've been dating you for a month like i don't care about that i i like i'm not going to throw away what we have together because of some dumb little detail but like when we had first started dating they said it i might have been like well i don't know if i want to get involved in that or whatever so that's an element yes. of it as well. I think this has been great. Thank you all uh, for joining us. Yes, thank you. Uh, we're just going to go around and everybody plug your stuff. Mikey, we'll start with you because on my screen, you're in the top left. <laughs> nice. Uh, I I would I would love it if you guys would check out uh, my show and some of the other shows we have on our channel. YouTube.com slash FilmJoy. Please subscribe. It's it's a very very much a show about self love and and mm. basically film therapy. It's the lessons we can learn uh, from film and art and other things and just building. I don't know, building a better us. I don't I don't dunk on film because it's dumb. I love it. I love that. I'm so excited. That I'm gonna listen to that. Uh, next on my screen is James. Oh, hey. Uh, it's been so great being here. I, I, you can listen to my podcast as well. I co-host it with the lovely Aneke Fitz-Clark. It's called Minority Corner. We talk about all things that are black, queer, and ladylike, from pop culture to news to things they never taught you about in history class. Uh, it's a really, really fun, fun show. And you can also follow me on Instagram. I'm on the Insta, getting that social media game on, at James Arthur M. And you can see all the many things I'm doing from stand-up comedy to film stuff to marvel.com stuff as well uh and finally last but not least riley first of all travis i want to point out that i think i noticed we had the same shade today do we <laughs> looks like I it right? close. it looks i tried to do an accent nail along with like so it's red with <laughs> yeah. like black crackle and then i did an accent nail that, and they just oh, okay. all look exactly the same mine's just like a dark red i have an accent nail because this finger never stays polished so that's my that's my <laughs> yeah um 
I, so as Travis said earlier, I am the head writer for International Waters on the Max Fun Network, so listen to that. Uh, you won't hear me as much, but you'll he- hear my delightful writing. Um, I also am going to be one of the headliners at the Portland Queer Comedy Festival in the middle of July. So if you can be in Portland for that, I recommend checking it out. It's going to be a very, it's the same weekend as SDCC, so if you can't make it to San Diego and you want to hang out with a bunch of queer comics, go to Portland, and we'll be up there. Uh, it'll be fun. And then I just recorded last night part of a comedy special for Season Spark. I'm not sure yet when it will be premiering, but that's a thing that's going to be on the horizon. So keep an eye out for that. And you can find me on Twitter at Rally J Silverman. Well, excellent. Thank you all for joining us. Um, thank you for sharing your experiences and your advice. Uh, it's been wonderful having you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for thank having you. us. Thank you. Bye. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.